Welcome to the For the Record podcast. I am your host, Wendy the Librarian, and this is episode three. This month's book inspiration is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. With that said, let's get on with the podcast. Here is a brief synopsis of The Midnight Library. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other life you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. While we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? In the Midnight Library, Matt Haig's enchanting blockbuster novel, Nora Seed finds herself faced with this decision. Faced with the possibility of changing her life for a new one, following a different career, undoing old breakups, realizing her dreams of becoming a glaciologist, she must search within herself as she travels through the Midnight Library to decide what is truly fulfilling in life and what makes it worth living in the first place. So The Midnight Library was a book that I read twice. The first time I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the second time. The first time I read it, I had just come off of uh, finishing Shuggy Bane, followed by The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne, two very, very heavy novels. So uh, here I get to the Midnight Library, and I'm like, what is this fluff? What is this frivolity? And it took the second time around for me to get how wonderful this novel was. It helped me be self-reflective on the choices that I've made in my life. I don't know if this happened to you when you read the novel, but it is definitely worth a read. Now, were I handed a book of regrets as Nora Seed was given, who is the main character in the novel, it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, I would or could change about my choices and decisions in life. Now, there are many references to music in this book, and this is probably the easiest time I've had so far in creating a podcast, in creating a playlist, I should say, for the book. It did it for me. So thank you, Matt Haig, for helping me to create a playlist, which in turn helps me create this podcast. See, choices in life. There are many references, as I said, to music in the book, from Nora teaching piano lessons, to working at String Theory, which is a guitar store, and there were many descriptions of what music was playing in the background, one of them being Fleetwood Mac, to the band that Nora was in with her brother called The Labyrinths, and of course to mentioning all of the different bands that were peppered in throughout the pages. These are Dylan, Fleetwood Mac, Tupac, Coldplay, Nirvana, Simon and Garfunkel, Mozart, The Beatles, Leonard Cohen, John Legend, Scott Joplin, Rex Orange County, and let's not forget mentioning the amps in the concert scene in Brazil. What was also so great about this book is that Chopin had such a presence in the novel. 
we first basically hear the mention of Chopin as Nora is sitting beside her student Leo, teaching him how to play Chopin's prelude in E minor. So you will be able to hear this piece along with five other Chopin pieces if you tune into the companion Spotify playlist available in the description section of the podcast. In the book, the band that Nora is in with her brother, the Labyrinths, is described as early cure fused with Frank Ocean via the Carpenters and Tame Impala. I mean, wow. What a mix. So I think it's fitting to play a song from each of these artists. There's a particular song by the Labyrinths called Lighthouse Girl, which is described as having abstract lyrics, soft, soulful, and powerful at once, which I can think of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. It reminds me of that. So I'm going to kick off this playlist by playing Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. To my love Took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in the snow covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can't child. In my heart above. Can I sail through so quickly going back to the companion Spotify playlist, when you listen to that playlist, all of the artists that you will hear have been mentioned in some way or another in the book. With all of the music and the artists mentioned, if it were to be turned into a movie, the soundtrack would be a big deal. And my God, I think it would be in- incredibly expensive with all those artists. So now I always like to think of a title song for any of the novels that I, I read. I would choose Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. Now that is one of the bands that is mentioned in the novel. And so let's quickly take a listen to it before I I do a brief explanation of the song. When you're weary Feeling small When tears are in your eyes I will dry Just wow is all I can say about that song. Uh, This was actually the first time I ever heard it was to do research for this episode. And I think when I heard it, I had tears in my eyes and my mouth was just open. I thought it was the most beautiful song. But anyway, enough about me. More about Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. This song was written and composed by Paul Simon and sung by the angelic voice of Art Garfunkel. I think of this song as the theme song of the book, as I said. There is a section in the novel where Nora is in the labyrinths and they're playing a stadium concert in Brazil. I think it was Sao Paulo. And I could just imagine you know, someone playing this song to a packed stadium, but everybody's so quiet because the lyrics are just so beautiful and touching. 
This gorgeous song was written during a stressful time in the United States. Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated. The Vietnam War was raging. It was inspired by a gospel group called the Swan Silvertones. And Paul Simon kept listening to the album over and over. And the lyric that struck him the most was, I'll be your bridge over deep water if you trust in my name. With that, he wrote this song, and I like this song. I chose this song as a theme song uh, because I think of Nora. I want to be like, girl, it ain't that bad. Listen to this song. You'll be fine. And um, so that is my theme song for this novel. And next up are the four artists that were used to describe the mood and kind of sound of the band that Nora was in with her brother. And that band was called The Labyrinths. The description again of what this band sounded like was early cure fused with frank ocean via the carpenters and tame impala so we will hear the next four short snippets of these songs song you just heard is M by The Cure. The band formed in 1978 in England and they have sold over 30 million albums worldwide. They are known for their post-punk and new wave sound and early on with each album they turned slightly darker for a few albums anyway and they therefore they gained a goth following. They eventually cultivated a more pop sensibility which allowed them to cross over to the mainstream. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2019, and they are one of my favorite bands. If you are interested in getting into The Cure and listening to some of their albums, I highly suggest you start off with their album Disintegration. It is a beautiful concept album, and it ranks incredibly high in my record collection. I'm living over city taking in the homeless sometimes I've been living in an idea an idea from another man's mind maybe I'm a fool to settle for a place with some nice views that was Siegfried by Frank Ocean. And I picked this particular song because of some of the lyrics that reminded me of Nora. In the song, the, the artist, Frank Ocean, is dealing with pressure to conform to other people's expectations and the general highs and lows of life in this town which he lives in, which is Los Angeles, but you can substitute Los Angeles to Nora's town. If you read the book, this is a perfect lyric to what is going on with Nora and what is she is going through in her life. As for the artist Frank Ocean, he is a singer-songwriter from California. 
He began recording music while in high school, and he helped write songs for Justin Bieber and Beyonce before focusing on his own musical ambitions. He has a very unique sound and is among the most acclaimed artists of his generation. Music critics have credited him with revitalizing jazz and funk-influenced R&B, as well as advancing the genre through his experimental approach. He is considered a representative artist of alternative R&B. The next song is We've Only Just Begun by The Carpenters. Let's take a quick listen. We've only just begun to live white lace and promises a kiss for luck and we're on our way we've only begun before the rising sun we fly this song was released in 1970, and it is one of their most recognizable songs. I don't doubt that song was played at many a weddings throughout the 70s. Interestingly enough, it started off as a bank commercial jingle. The songwriters for We've Only Just Begun are Paul Williams and Roger Nichols, and they were commissioned by an advertising agency to write it in 1968 for Croker Bank, who were trying to attract young people and newlyweds to their institution. Well, I guess Richard Carpenter, one half of the Carpenters, the other being his sister Karen, saw the commercial and loved the jingle, so much so that he called up Williams and asked if there was a complete song, and the rest is history. The song you just heard is Lost in Yesterday by Tame Impala. Tame Impala is not a band, it is one person, and that is mega-talented Kevin Parker, who hails from Australia. His psychedelic sound was born in 2007 as a home recording project. He originally posted some of his songs on MySpace, remember that? Some record execs heard the song and offered him a contract. He is truly amazing and is a one-man show when he records. He does all the work himself. When touring, he enlists the help of artists to help him recreate the sound from his records. Now the song Lost in Yesterday has a perfect verse for the book. The second verse of the song is, Maddie said life didn't go the way that he planned it. Said, oh, what I'd give to start over, boy, I demand it. So, what was I ever afraid of? Why did I worry? And why was I ever so brainless, head in a flurry? If you've read the book, this verse might resonate with you. And finally, the last artist I will discuss is Frédéric Chopin. I felt that he was the most prominent artist in the novel. He was born 
in 1810 and died in 1849, so an incredibly short life. He was a pianist and composer and was born in Poland. He was a piano virtuoso early on in his short life. He gave his first concert at age eight and very quickly superseded his teachers. He is best known for his solo piano pieces and is considered a master at the piano. And I quote, Chopin was the first composer of genius to devote himself uniquely to the piano. Every one of his works was written for it either as solo instrument or in combination with other instruments. The majority of his solo pieces are in shorter forms and improvisatory by nature. These include 20 nocturnes, 25 preludes, 17 waltzes, 15 polonaises, 58 mazurkas, and 27 etudes, end quote. That was written by Ted Libby for NPR. Lastly, here is a piece by Frédéric Chopin. do to be able to play that whole song for you. But sadly, because of copyright issues, I cannot. So this concludes the third episode of For the Record. So don't forget when you tune into the companion Spotify playlist, you will hear a song from each of the artists that were mentioned in the novel. And again, they are Bob Dylan, Fleetwood Mac, Tupac, Coldplay, Nirvana, Simon and Garfunkel, Mozart, The Beatles, Leonard Cohen, John Legend, Scott Joplin, and Rex Orange County. Thank you very much. This is For the Record. I am your host, Wendy, the librarian. Until next time, friends, have a good one.